Hi, welcome to the I Am Broken podcast. How are you all doing? I'm going to give everybody a few minutes to kind of come on. Um, really excited about tonight's show. Extremely excited to, to do this tonight. Um, just, you know. It's Tuesday, 7 o'clock. Yes. Y'all see my shirt? Yes. So anyway, again, thank you for joining me tonight. Um, This is Robin. Uh, I'm your host, the I Am Broken podcast. I'm excited about tonight's show. Um, Got something. Listen, I don't know what it is about this whole relationship thing this month, but this is where I have felt really strongly in my spirit pulling for me to just stay in this area. So I'm excited. I am extremely excited to, you know, talk with you about this next topic And so, um, again, my name is Robin. Welcome to the I Am Broken podcast. I'm your host. Thank you for taking the time out to join me this evening. Um, You know, I hope that you all have had a good weekend thus far. You know, we just celebrated Juneteenth yesterday. Um, Most people were off. A lot of people weren't off. So, you know, I was off. Uh, I did absolutely nothing. Well, I take that back. I did some things, but when I was in, I was in. And so just excited about, you know, um, what God is doing and how he is moving. Um, And so, again, thank you for joining me tonight. Um, But before I get started, I'm going to just do a quick prayer. Gracious and Heavenly Father, I come before you tonight. Just want to say thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercies, Father God. Thank you for your son and his blood and your spirit, Lord. I thank you for just another opportunity to be on this platform, Father God. I pray over those that will join, Father God. I pray over those that will go back and listen, Father God. I pray over those ears, Father God, that it will not fall on follow ground, but on good soil, Father God, and seeds will be planted, Lord. I thank you that those will hear, will be doers of the word that they hear, Father God, which holds them responsible and accountable. And I ask these things in the name of your son, I pray. Amen. Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out to join me tonight. Um, You know, again, I don't know what it is about relationships it just seems like everybody around me that's close to me connected to me in some kind of way uh, they have been dealing with relationships and so you know i've kind of been talking about that last week i talked about unpacking your baggage y'all now that was funny because i gave you some things i talked about some things at the very end that I'm going to have as a stipulation, even for myself, you know. Um, And then the week before that, we talked about ships, relationships, situationships, friendships, you know. Uh, 
And it's just so interesting. Like I said, again, for whatever reason, it just seems like everybody I know is struggling or going through in a situationship or relationship. So God has just had me in the same vein, so to speak. So tonight's topic is about crumbs. When we settle for less than what we deserve. I'm going to let that sit for a minute, you know, because when you think about crumbs, you think about little pieces of droppings of something that you have eaten. And that is the residue of what you have eaten. <laughs> they become crumbs. They fall all over the place, whether it's chips, whether it's bread, whatever it is, you know, you you have crumbs. Right. And so. um of course, y'all know I'm the Google queen and I have to Google everything, right? Well, I Google everything, y'all. So anyway, I did some little background stuff. So crumb, what is a crumb? It's a small fragment of bread, cake, or crackers. It's a very small amount of something. So that's what a crumb is. Very small amount of something. Doesn't necessarily have to mean bread or cake it could be anything and so but for tonight's purposes i'm talking about the bits and pieces that individuals whether it's a female or a male that they give to someone and sometimes we're willing to accept that for the sake of having that person in our life and i'm just here to shed a little bit of light on it tonight um the scripture that I have is Matthew 15, 27. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Now, for this particular scripture, Jesus is our master and he's the only one that has the ability to heal and provide for us. And the compassion he shows us is like no other. So the woman did not settle for the response given because of her response. It exuded so much wisdom and understanding that he was compelled and compassion to heal her daughter. So a lot of times it's our response to a thing that determines our direction. So now she could have easily, you know, because when he spoke what he spoke, you know, some determined that to be kind of harsh, but she didn't take it that way. She still pursued and kept, you know, adding. And her response did something that compelled him and caused him to heal her daughter. And so, you know, a lot of times it do be our response to a thing that will compel him to do and move you know, on our behalf. And so watch your response. A lot of times, you know, when people give you certain things, they, they, your response to it determines what direction that you go in. Hey, Kimberly, thank you for joining me. Um, again, the dice topic is crumbs. When we settle for less than what we deserve. Um, so he has a purpose and a plan for our lives. Settling is not a part of that because we don't have to. I'm going to say that again. Settling is not a part of that. Why? Because we don't have to. 
or accepting what someone wants to give us is not an option or requirement on our part. So this is not an option or a requirement for you to settle. You settle because you choose to settle, not because it's an option or a requirement for you to do so. So when we settle, we undervalue our own worth in our own lives. I'm going to thank my friend Camille for that one because we were talking the other day. And when she said it, it was just like, man, that part, you know. So again, a lot of times it is our response to a thing that determines the direction that we go in, right? And so you don't have to settle for what someone wants to give you because that's what they want to give you. If you anything like me, I'm one of those take it or leave it kind of people. You could either take me or leave me. Preferably, if, you, if I'm not your cup of tea, leave me. I'm going to leave that right there. But anyway, how do you know that you're settling for crumbs? Well, we, about to, we got to break this down. Right. Because a lot of times, you know. When people are giving you less than what you deserve, sometimes you can be so engaged, you so smitten, you so whatever you want to call it. That you don't you miss certain things, we tend to miss certain things when when it's like that for us. And so, you know, when I was looking up information, I'm going to tell you all this word that kept coming up. The word that kept coming up was breadcrumbing. And I was just like, what in the world is breadcrumbing? I'm talking about crumbs, but this is really a true word, y'all. Google it. Well, we know most of the stuff on the Internet is some of it is true and some of it isn't. So you have to take the meat, spit out the bones. Okay. But anyway, breadcrumbing refers to a person who gives you just enough crumbs that's of attention or affection to give you hope and keep you on the hook, but not enough to make you feel comfortable or assured that the relationship is going well. That's what breadcrumbing is. And when I saw that, it was just like, OMG, how many have of y'all have encountered or experienced something just like that y'all y'all know i'm first one to raise my hand in all this stuff right because again like i said initially we just be so smitten you know we be so excited about the possibilities and the what ifs and the shoulda coulda wouldas and all that other stuff that we miss certain things right so a breadcrumber uses a manipulation tactic y'all i'm gonna tell y'all right now that's a form of witchcraft Malip manipulation is witchcraft you care how you sum it up that's a form of witchcraft being attentive and flirty in person but have no intentions on doing anything else with you i'm gonna tell y'all the story in a minute <laughs> Sending memes via text or social media with no other communication. Texting frequently without really getting to know each other. Making plans with you that never seem to pan out. A sign of emotional abuse. Now, I shared 
about several people that I have been involved with. And y'all, I'm just here to tell you, for real, for real, last person that, you know, I took an interest to, I kind of feel like after I read this, it was just almost like, ooh, that's what he did to me. And this is the same person who spoke about my weight, you know, and it's just so interesting that he doesn't give me what I want, yet he still hangs back in the background looking, watching different things, but have no, hasn't even had any intent towards me. And so a lot of times now, a long time ago, I would have just took that. Real talk. Why? Not because I'm pressed, but because, you know, a lot of us, if we're truthful, ladies, if we're truthful, a lot of times when we get some attention, we become okay with that little bit of attention. And we take it and run with it. Why? Because we thinking, we rationalize in our own thought process that something is better than nothing. But that's not true. That little bit that somebody is trying to give you or offer you, you don't have to take that. And you shouldn't. Because you should realize and recognize that you are worth more than that. And a lot of times when we're going through different things, our self-esteem is low, our self-confidence is low. We don't, you know, the way that we see ourselves is low, our value within ourselves. We have forgotten our worth. We will settle and we will deal with that. We will take that. Why? Because they're going to give us just enough to keep us coming back real talk. But sometimes you just have to be honest with yourself where you at. And a lot of times it don't be them. You have to look within you. And that's just real. That's real talk right there. We don't want to look at us. And it's easier to just point the blame and say, well, you know, they did this or they did that to me or they said this or they said that to me. However, you didn't have to take it. I didn't have to take it. But we chose to do that. So again, let me move on. Anyway, first thing, you're waiting for them to do the right thing. You accept a situation that doesn't allow you to meet your emotional needs. You are responsible for you. So while you're waiting on them to do the right thing, because I've been in that place too, where I was waiting on the individual to do the right thing. So I've given them opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do the right thing emotionally draining myself mentally physically i'm tired why because when you're emotionally drained it messes with your mental it messes with your physical right again draining myself emotionally but it ain't his fault it's my fault because i allowed it Ladies and gentlemen, you got to be careful about what you allow, you know, because again, it would be very easy to point the finger and we're really good at that. Well, it was her fault. No, it was his fault. But what was your part? 
Let me go on. Number two, you stay in the wrong relationship to avoid being alone and confronting who you really are. Choose a relationship out of fear instead of desire. That results in compromising your needs, values, and boundaries. So a lot of times when you choose the wrong relationship to stay in, <laughs> uh, uh, okay, that causes you to make a decision based out of fear instead of you desiring. Now, again, we don't have to, but we do, and we have. I know people right now that dealing with stuff like this. And so that was the press to even talk about this. This actually was birthed out of a conversation with my friend Kim. <laughs> because I was just sharing with her how we just settle. We take bits and pieces of what people want to give us and think that that's acceptable, but it's not. And the only thing that you end up with is heartache and other issues. It causes so many other things. And then, you know, you have this wall that you've put up. Hey, Coco, um, you have this wall put up and, and you feel like you just stuck, like you stuck there. But you stuck because you chose to accept what was given. Not that somebody put you there. You put yourself there. So number three, you'd rather explain, discuss, argue, reiterate, and even PowerPoint your way through a relationship than to stop talking and do something. You and them don't take you seriously. They already know. Why? Because you lose credibility. They know talking pacifies you. So in, you inadvertently communicate, you will settle for how things are if it means you don't have to do anything. So now if you don't have to do nothing, you're going to settle for that. And they already know that you'd rather talk this thing through. So they're going to they gonna pacify you. And you're not doing anything but putting a Band-Aid on the situation. That's all it is. You're putting a Band-Aid on the issue and the situation. And they're going to do whatever because they've caught on that this is what's going to appease you. And if I do this, then that's going to quiet you down. We tell on ourselves. Just like they tell on themselves, we tell on ourselves too. You know, so again, they do it with the intent of just to pacify you. Cause you don't already lost your you done lost your credibility, so they don't they're not really listening to it. Yeah, because how many times have you told them I'm done, and then you go back? I'll tell y'all a story about that one too. Um, you want them to be the one to end the relationship. Clinging to crumbs removes your agency because you act like you have zero say so over your circumstances or your choices do not give someone that much control that they have to take your ability to choose that they take your right to choose so basically you want them to end it 
when you really could end it yourself. But we cling on to stuff. Again, going back, you been I said, I'm done. I done said I was done a thousand and one times with folk and wound up talking back. I might let some time pass in between there and then re reach out to them just to see how they doing. And what does that do? That opens that door, that toxic cycle all over again. And y'all, that narcissist that I was in love with for so many daggone years that I kept myself open and available just in case he decided to do what I hoped that he would. This is all he did with me. And I fell for it. Why? Because, and I took it because I felt in my heart that that was who I was supposed to be with. And it was going to take some work. Why? Because there was distance in between us. He lived in another state. I lived in another state. And so, you know, if I'm being honest, I dealt with a lot of things from somebody that I never laid eyes on. I mean, we had countless conversations. We were supposed to meet. That did not happen. And so, again, I, I kept myself available. I cling to Every little thing that he always said, even though there was never no follow through. And the closest time that it got to being a follow through, I think he purposely did not do what he should have done so that he could have caught that flight. Why? I don't even know. I have no clue why he, he did not make that flight. And it was heartbreaking for me because it was just almost like I have waited for years for this. And you mean to tell me that I'm not even worth the sacrifice? He didn't think I was worth the sacrifice. And clearly, I didn't think I was worth the sacrifice to keep tolerating that nonsense and foolishness from him. Because that's what exactly what I did. Tolerated nonsense and foolishness until one day I was just like, you know what? I've had enough. This door will never come back open again. Why? Because it's not worth my sanity. It's not worth my peace. It's not worth my emotions. It's not none of that. And I'm thankful and grateful that I was able to move on from that. Because again, it's been a couple years since we've had a conversation here I would reach out to him just to see how he was doing. And then that would start that cycle all over again. And I just refused. When I moved away from that, that last time, it was just like, you know what? Mm -mm. I'm always care for him. He taught me a lot of different things about myself. That's the one thing. When you come out of situations like that, you always learn something else about yourself because it's going to teach you something else about yourself. Right. Learn something else about myself. And truthfully speaking, very grateful and thankful that I'm no longer in that track. Okay. Anyway, moving on. You're trying to fix, help, heal your partner into changing instead of addressing your pattern. Only God has the ability to do the above. That's fix, help, and heal your partner. Using their problems as a distraction blocks your healing and growth. Critical to examine the baggage behind trying to get them to change, the rescuer mentality. Okay, let's break that down. 
a lot of times it's easier to be focused on somebody else's issues versus your own. That's just delaying the inevitable, you dealing with you. So during COVID, I had to sit with me. Had no other choice, couldn't go nowhere. And so sitting with me was just like, man, ooh. When I tell y'all, it was a lot of ouches and oohs and ahs and tears and prayer and sleepless nights. Why? Because it was so much stuff that was rattling my spirit, shaking me to my core. But I had to deal with me. So a lot of times when we don't want to examine our own baggage, remember last week I talked about unpacking your baggage. When you don't want to examine your stuff and you will use their stuff as a reason not to look at yourself, it just puts you that much further in a place of hurt and pain. Why? When you should just address the things that are going on internally with you. That means you're going to have to sit with you to figure out what that is and let God show you so that he can heal you. And again, you have to be willing to take it to him too. So now I was willing to give it to him because I had no other place to go. There was no other outlet for me to run to. I just had to run to him. And so it took me a while, a, a while to, to deal with me. And so again, I'm gone. Number six, you want your partner to change first before you will consider addressing your issues. Someone else's change has nothing to do with your change. You expect something that you're not prepared to reflect in your own actions, unrealistic expectations and poor boundaries. So you want them to do certain things that you should be doing within yourself that you don't even wanna do, but you want them to do it first. And you know, like I said, again, it's easy to point out their flaws and their issues and different things like that. But are you prepared to reflect on the same things that you're wanting and expecting from them? And most of us aren't. And I can tell you, honestly, I know I wasn't. And again, it was easier to just say, you know, well, he did me this kind of way or he said that to me or whatever the case might have been because it took it off me but then i had to i ended up right back at god's feet saying hey i need help with this because this is not working and i can't keep going down this pathway you know i shared with kim the other day about you know my bout with depression and suicide see to look at me you would never think that i was on a mental ward in the hospital, but I was. And it was so crazy that every day, y'all, and now that I think about it, it's been 19 years, 19 and a half years, actually, since the last time I sat on somebody's chair, took any medicine. Because it's a fight. The enemy knows how to get you. And if you're not careful, you will leave a door open. That's that crumb. He's a crumb snatcher. 
We're going to just call him a crumb snatcher tonight. He's a crumb snatcher. And you leave a, a, a door, just a crack, little crevice, if he can even see any light peeping through that, he coming in. And before you know it, you have allowed him in. And now you got all this chaos. Anyway, number seven. You'd sometimes rather stay and complain than accept the situation and work with what you have or opt out. This leads to resentment and frustration where you feel stuck. You always have options. Instead, we choose to stay in toxic situations because we like the attention it gets us. If you can't accept someone for who they are, you don't respect them. If the relationship is not loving based on who they are, you will not respect you or your needs. So now let's break that one up because I know folks that will complain about the situation, won't make any moves because they like the attention that it gets them. And it's easier to be the victim in the scenario than to point out you did play a part in that. It's very easy to point out their part. But what about your part? It's always two sides to every story. It's my side, your side, and then somewhere in the middle is the truth. That's real talk. We have got to start being accountable for our part. You cannot grow. You cannot heal if you're not willing to look at you first. Because what happens is, is, you know, I used to think, do I got a mat on my back that says, welcome, walk all over it. Why do I keep attracting the same kind of people? Got to be something. It ain't all just them. It's something in you that attracts that type of person. But you have to be mature enough to say, hey, you know what? When you see certain things, mm -mm, I know what this is. Not doing that. Not today. Not doing that. Anyway, number eight. You'd rather try a try in a limited or even non-existent relationship than to try in a real relationship. Your efforts are limited. This is your uncomfortable comfort zone. You know the crumbs you're dealing with. So you know what that looks, that looks familiar to you. So you're willing to deal with what you already have instead of putting yourself out there to be vulnerable for somebody else. Anytime we put ourselves out there, that means that we are being vulnerable to hurt again. Because... That's what you do. That's the only way you're going to get to know people. You're going to have to trust. You hope that they wouldn't hurt you or be intentional in a malicious way towards you. But at the same time, there's not, that's not no guarantee because you don't know what they're dealing with and what they're trying to process, right? So when you see certain things that look familiar to you, that doesn't mean that you have to deal with it. You don't have to accept that. Anyway, it keeps you locked in a frustrating dating and relationship pattern instead of something that could be mutually fulfilling. So when you limit yourself 
it keeps you in a place where you're frustrated, it's not fulfilling, and it's a pattern. But you have to sit with you to see what is the pattern. Why? Every time I meet somebody, it starts out good, but then somewhere along the line, something happens. And then they think that they can just handle me some kind of way. Did I give off that signal? Did they pick up on a scent? Am I carrying a scent that says, hey, I'm willing to take this. I'm just so hard pressed. I'm desperate that I'm willing to just deal with your foolishness for the sake of dealing with your foolishness. Mm -mm. Anyway, number nine. You'd prefer to keep talking things through than to take action. Trying to think things out keeps you in a situation long past their sell-by date. I like that. I'm going to come back to that. Um, it creates anxiety and self-doubt. You question you and you are not living fully. Let me go back to that sell-by date. You know, when you buy products in the store, they always have best by a certain day. You know, if you in an unhealthy or toxic situation, relationship, whatever, that has exceeded its sell by date. That's you. That, that, that falls back on you now. That does not, no, that's, that no longer falls on them because you have options. Now, of course, if we were smart, from the very beginning, when we notice different things, we wouldn't even be bothered with that. We wouldn't even entertain that. And so, but once you're in the thick of things, it's kind of hard to turn that off. Like the situation that I spoke of with the gentleman who I found out two weeks before Christmas that he was married with a whole nother family. Y'all. He knew from the very beginning, from our very first conversation, that I never wanted to be in a situation like that because I had already been in a situation like that willingly. And I went into it knowingly. But I promised myself I wasn't going to put myself in that type of situation again. Well, let's just say that he lied and he tricked me. And y'all, I was praying about it because I was asking God, how do I stop feeling for this person? Because I couldn't turn my heart off, but I was asking God, to, how can I turn my heart off from this person? Right. And the, the Holy Spirit spoke to me just like I'm talking to you right now. And he said he knew he couldn't get you any other kind of way. So he had to lie. But what he did was he took away my option of choice when he lied. Here I was thinking that, you know, y'all, he done proposed. We have we looking at rings, had a date picked out, all that. But he was already married with a whole nother family. And everybody that I knew from his side knew. His mother, his brother, cousin I met, they all knew that he was. And none of them told me, not even his mother. And I had a close relationship with her. 
And y'all, what was so crazy was, was when I had the conversation with the wife, she said, well, I'm going to call my mother-in-law. I said, well, good luck, because she didn't tell me nothing. Real talk, true story. So I opened up Pandora's box. A lot of times when you open up areas that you are not prepared for what might come out of that, listen, when I opened it up, it wasn't no turning back. It wasn't no going back. It was what it was. And I had to face and deal with the Y'all, it took me five years to get that out of my system. I struggled for five years after things was over because I couldn't wrap my mind around how could somebody do something like that? And then his mother doing what she did. I didn't understand that. And so I wasn't very trusting, wasn't very open to meeting anyone. There was a lot of things that I went through. Um, I, I talked about the friendship that I cut ties with. That was all during that time. So there was.